Just before we get started, the Second Act Podcast would like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on Treaty 7 land inhabited by the Blackfoot Nations. This includes the Siksika, Pikani, and Kainai. We would also like to acknowledge the Sutsina and Stony Nakoda First Nations, as well as the Métis Nations and all people who make their home on Treaty 7 land in southern Alberta. But now that we've paid respects to people that were here before us, let's start the pod. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Act Podcast, and today's episode is an inspirational one. Yeah, Shelley Hoffis has a really interesting story, but more than the interesting part of it, the incredible part where she just always had another reason to not believe in herself, another reason to not follow her dreams, and through trials and tribulations, she just kept doing what she knew she needed to do. And she ended up with a with a really great story and a, and a really um, interesting take on a second act. Well, and uh, throughout Shelley's life, she's encountered many hardships. She's been dealt poor hands. And she comes out standing with a smile. She's gone through hell and back, almost drowning with her twin sister. A bunch of different things. And she still stands here with a smile and talks about it in a way that engages you, but doesn't make you pity her. Yeah, that was the the part that I took away from it too, is she has such a grasp on what happened to her and she was always kind of, it, it, it was there for a reason. And although you might not see it, that age old story, uh, she understood that, that this was her path and the clarity of which she recounted um, her near death experience where like you mentioned, she was she almost drowned when she was out riding side by sides with her, with her sister. Um, you just knew that she's, you know, this is just another part of another day in her life and she's just living it to the max. Yeah. It's, it's an incredible story that inspires you to never give up and keep going. And we can't sit here and do it any justice. So without further ado, here's Shelly. Hi, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's an interesting time to, um, to be out in the world where you're doing all these things and strange, uh, strange people are reaching out to you over the internet to ask if you want to come and sit and talk about um, what is, you know, your life and, and, and what you're doing with it. And other people uh, might be finding it interesting or, or be able to take, take little bits and pieces from it and apply it to their own life. And, uh, and I have to think that um, that's an interesting place to find yourself. Yeah, it is. I think over the years, I've stepped more into that place of vulnerability where I'm willing to talk about it because I do feel like it helps people to feel like they're not alone in what they are going through. And it helps build connection, I believe, within everybody. Which is something that I think um, it might be a little counterintuitive with our ability to just talk like this over the internet with people that we don't know. Um, but that connection is something that I think people are really lacking because it's, there's kind of like a, almost we've developed this placebo for it, which is what we've experienced every day, you know, with our, our apps and, and social media and whatnot. Yeah. I feel like within the social media world that it is connection, but it can also feel a bit disconnected. So it's nice to, through the process of what I've been going through anyway, to really connect with people and build that more within a community, more in person. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting way to to kind of experience it. And then when you realize that it's not always 
you know, everything that you thought it might be or what it was cracked up to be, you have to go and look for those opportunities and ways to develop it. And, uh, and sometimes whether it's, you know, participating in a podcast or, or getting into some kind of an online group, um, this week, my podcast that's, uh, that's live right now that went live this morning is with a, a gentleman in Calgary here. That's, um, you know, it started a men's group a number of years ago and it's developed into this thing where he's got women involved in it because of the inclusivity that he was looking to foster. Uh, once it got to a certain point that it was more than just men, it was the next logical step was to wel welcome women's into the men's league. And, and you know how those things just kind of, they just go. Yeah, what I've learned over the years is that you you do tend to just go with the flow of things and what's meant to kind of align and, and step into your life does. So when those changes happen, you just welcome them, I guess. So welcoming change is not something that you're you're not a stranger to at all. Um, going through the our back and forth with our emails where you're kind of outlining your story. Um, your, your your trip to this point, um, healer, yoga teacher, Reiki master, intuitive wellness coach, wasn't a straight line by any stretch of the imagination. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who Shelley was before you became on this path? Yeah, it definitely wasn't an easy road, and I don't think it was really meant to be, to be honest. I um, It's hard to know where to start with it all. I mean, really, like, because it's, it's connected, my journey is really connected to my intuition that all starts when I was like a little girl but we don't have that much time and and I really like to connect to the person I was when everything started to really pivot for me as an individual um, and that really did start a couple of years ago uh, it started when I went through my divorce I started well the years leading up to that divorce I um, to be completely honest, wasn't myself. I didn't know who I was. I was throwing a lot of myself into my children and just taking care of everything, the house, working. I was running myself thin. And I don't believe I knew who I was and I feel like I was losing myself in the process too. And I felt not seen or heard. I definitely didn't have a lot of self-worth or value at that point. And then I decided, you know, to take a yoga teacher training. And then from there started teaching yoga, which started to help me open up and, and see who I was and build my confidence. So standing in front of people wasn't certainly at that point easy for me. And then I took my Reiki training. And that's when I really started to connect to my gift of intuition and how I can help people and what I can see within their, within them, within their energy. Um, I started to see, you know, ways of that I could help others, which was a huge thing that I've always wanted to do. And some of the things that I could see within people when I worked with them within the energy work was um, the challenges that they were facing, like their emotions, um, the ways that they sabotage. Uh, thoughts, patterns, and beliefs, or just anything they need to let go of. And then stuff would come up intuitively on how to create balance in their life or bring clarity into a direction that would be, that would be, that would lead them to more wellness. And so I connected into that and I started to really connect to who I was, like deep down to my core, my, my purpose, it felt like for being here. 
And I started to put it out there a little bit more and started to really step into more of my authenticity. But again, then the divorce came and that's when I just at that point needed to make a choice for myself and my wellness to move away from that. Um, I don't know, this is kind of a long story, to be honest, but it's not long, I can shorten it. <laughs> but at this time, it was, uh, what was it, 2000, beginning of 2020, the end of 2019. And I was just starting to step into these things. But as going through a divorce, um, I was a single mom of th with three children. And at that point, I didn't, I wasn't believing enough in myself to feel like Reiki and yoga uh, could support myself and my three children. So I was at a real crossroads in my life. I, um, and then I, I, I chose not to believe it anymore. I chose to not listen to my intuition I, and my gifts that I have that could help people. It was, it was really hard to step away from. I decided to move in a different direction. I created a different business. It was called, revival marketing and uh i started working on that and i was still teaching yoga on the side i decided i actually had dropped reiki completely because i just wasn't believing in myself and i was really not listening to my intuition i was going through a lot with the divorce already and then uh COVID hit so that's when for everybody like we all got locked in our houses um, everything that hit the wellness industry hard then. So basically I was, uh, out of work and still trying to work on the revival business, which wasn't really going anywhere. I think the universe was trying to tell me, um, that it wasn't the right direction because it just kept roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. Um, and then I had to homeschool my three children. So it didn't have a lot of options at that point. And I felt like I really needed to create a lot of stability for myself, but I had not a lot of places to do that with. We put, nobody could even leave their house. So that's how it went for a little while. And then, um, then my accident happened. So the accident is the near death experience that you mentioned in, in our back and forth. Yeah. So I was, you know, at home with my kids, we were all locked down through COVID. And I think, you know, there wasn't a lot of things you could do back then. So me and my sister would go quadding lots of the times down by the river. And the one day we went, we always kind of cruised around in the dunes is what it's called in Grand Prairie. And then we would sit over by the river. So that's what we did. We drove and sat the side by side and sat by the river and and then uh, when we went get, to get back in the side-by-side, side, um, she went to back up. But it was May at that time. And the ground underneath us, I kind of looked back and yelled her name because I could see underneath the back tires, the ground let loose and it broke away. And it flipped our side-by-side side or razor right over backwards into the river. So we were upside down in the river, which was freezing cold. And the rivers here are dark, like they're not, you can't see anything. We were fully submerged in water. And uh, we, in an instant, it was like, you're fighting for your life. So it's one second, you're like on the shore, the next second you're, you're drowning. 
and she I couldn't see her and she couldn't see me so the whole time we're both trying to fight to get out she was able to get her seatbelt off and come above the water and I was still under the water I couldn't get my seatbelt off and I kept trying to fight it and it wouldn't let me out so I was trapped under the water holding on to my breath and I um a lot of time had passed. My sister had told me later that she had went under three times to try to get me and couldn't. So I had been under there for quite a while. And then the breath that I was holding, it just wouldn't hold anymore. So I had to let, let it go. But then the water, I started inhaling a lot of water. And I then my body started to like convulse. And I, my whole life started flashing behind like by my eyes it was like i was seeing my family my friends my children and just in disbelief that you know this was it like my life was done and i i, I was completely done like i remember my just that convulsing and all, all of a sudden it was quiet and i was fighting of course the strap but after a while my body we just there was no more strength left and i remember just closing my eyes and my body started to lift, float, I guess you could say. And I started to feel a bit peaceful, kind of, ex I felt like it was acceptance. You know, my time is now, it's over. Um, and then as, as that was happening, there was these words that were spoken to me. I was, it wasn't my voice, it was somebody else's voice. And it was said, no, but you have so much more to do. And then there was this like powerful surge of just energy, like as if you, you know, you get jolted awake or something. It was just like, boom. And I just took that energy and I started to hammer back on the seatbelt to try to get loose and it let loose, <laughs> luckily. And then in this razor, it was like a cage. You had to kind of find your way out and there was no way to see where to go you could see the light like I remember looking up and seeing the light above the water and then I kind of moved my way through a window and then like swam to the top and and kind of broke through the top of the water and seeing my sister there which was a huge relief and I remember just feeling so like relieved and thankful and just it just felt so kind of empowering to come above the water. But also when I came above, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, I just about died and I was just shaking and I went to the shore, I remember, and just dropped to my knees. And I just remember everything looking so bright, like the lights, the sun, the trees, the uh, the noise, like the, I, it's like my system got like a, like a wash or something. And I was just so grateful, to be honest, to be alive still. Um, and then after that, um, I just had went home and and I, I remember, you know, talking to my family and just kind of crying and being really emotional. And then I went through the next few days of the week about um, my body was really battered. And I was having heart palpitations. So I started to have a lot of trauma that I didn't realize was going to happen from the accident because it, it was so empowering to like come above that and live through it. But then there was all this, what felt like a mess to deal with afterwards. 
could just, I couldn't feel emotion anymore. I remember looking at my kids and I couldn't feel anything. And I just felt numb and depressed. I felt depressed because I was glad to be alive, but where I was, I had lost my my work through COVID. COVID was still on. I had um, just about died. I was going through a divorce. Like life just felt shitty. And um, and then my wellness, my health, that one thing I always feel is important wasn't there either. So I went to my doctor and I wanted to see what was wrong. And And he said, well, it's because of the trauma in your body. You, you have these heart palpitations. It's giving, oh, and I had high blood pressure. I never have high blood pressure. He told me that I had to do whatever I could to take this trauma out of my system. And if I couldn't, then he would put me on medication. And so I remember leaving that doctor's appointment and again, feeling like I got in my car and I was like, I just felt like, like rock bottom, like this. This is rock bottom, I thought. And I just thought to myself, well, what I have to do something about it. Like, I'm not going to become a victim of my circumstances. What can I do to to improve this? So I took um, charge of it and I started studying deeper healing modalities. I started to study energy work and really understand it. I started, that's when I started to get into sound therapy. So what I do now for work too. And I just started doing a daily, you know, every day I would do some energy work. I would do some sound therapy. I would do artwork with my daughter. So art really helped focus my mind then too. Healing of like yoga, guided meditation, all that kind of stuff. But it really was that deeper stuff, the energy work and the sound therapy that that got me through the trauma. Oh, and I did counseling and EMDR sessions, which was super powerful. And I started healing. So it was, it was, I just noticed myself changing over time and that my connection to my intuition also started to deepen through all this work. I just was more aware. And I'm not sure if it was from the near-death experience or all the work I was doing, or the, I think maybe the combo of it all. But it also gave got me to a point where I was like, I was like, what the, f-? I don't know if I can swear on here, but I was like, what the fuck can I, what am I doing? Life is short. It truly is so short. In that second, I was going to be taken away. It was going to be done. And I was going to choose a different path and not go after my gifts and and not go after what, who I am, not step into my authenticity, not be and follow my dreams. I wasn't going to do that. So I decided in that moment as, as I was healing to start doing it again. So I got back into the Reiki and helping others with the energy work and sound therapy. I started putting that out there. So I learned how to how to um, play the bowls. I uh, started to put out more yoga and um, all of it. I just dove right in and I ended up getting really busy. And then COVID hit again, and then it was all taken away again. And I was back homeschooling my kids and that happened multiple times. Like it was just multiple times up and down roller coaster, but still always feeling like, you know, I need to keep on purpose here and not give up. I, that 
that road there too was also extremely challenging. Like it's going to be a small part of what I say, but that was really challenging because it was so long. It was a couple years. And now it got to the point where COVID ended. I, I knew COVID was ending and it was time. Like it felt like time to really open up through these, the dreams that I had, which was opening this yoga and art studio. Um, and, and really commit to that, take that leap. And that was in the beginning. That was just last year. That was the beginning of 2021. I, uh, started to work on the plan of building it, started to, again, having to try to believe in myself to really put it out there. And then in February of last year, I went on a skiing girls skiing trip. And I fell and I broke four of my ribs, which, yeah, which is a serious injury for a yoga yeah. instructor, anybody, right? But for someone who moves and even within Reiki, all of it, that's a major injury that can take you out career-wise big time. And so I had to deal with that. I was bedridden, I would say, for a couple months. I couldn't breathe. I had to... It was not lovely. And at the point when I wanted to open the business, I felt like I got derailed. If not, I was like losing all my work at that point. Like it was like I was working so hard to build it and then watching it shift away at the same time, trying to encourage myself to open a yoga studio wasn't exactly easy to do when the reality of what was being shown was um, not growth, <laughs> but I felt inside my intuition kept telling me to keep going in this direction. And there were so many signs to keep going in this direction. And I realized it now is that delay was because the timing wasn't right. And that there was stuff that I needed to sit. And because during this time of of being bedridden I was still working on this business and it gave me the time to do that so then in September a few short months later I opened the yoga studio I that was a lot of work yeah <laughs> but it was also the challenge internally for me I had that whole year I moved in a lot of fear of what ifs within it I'm a single mom who is opening a yoga an art studio on my own and that is empowering but it's also very challenging in the way that I felt like I needed to you know keep motivating myself in that direction and listening to my intuition because there is so much unknown within it all and I so I opened the yoga studio it opened in November after getting everything organized and it's been going really great since like there's people started coming, people started showing up. <laughs> um, I've been stepping more into the Reiki and coaching and I've been helping people through the whole process of that and really stepping into my gifts. Like I feel like I'm starting to really see myself as who I am and, and my authenticity. I'm just now starting to become a speaker. Um, so starting to speak about this and the lessons I've learned 
And that was a challenge too. So I feel like I've been challenging myself in a lot of different ways. <laughs> I know it's like you asked that one question. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to tell you the whole story. <laughs> well, it's it's an incredible story. And I've been jotting notes down as we went through because there was so many things that, you know, require follow-up. I, I believe that there's a lot of things in there. I mean, it's uh, off the top of my head, you know, you said you were doing some, the marketing thing and you kept having roadblocks and it was, mm -hmm. your intuition was telling you that this wasn't for you. These roadblocks were, were telling you that, that your energy needed to be directed elsewhere. Um, it sounds like you've had no shortage of roadblocks when this, uh, with the other endeavor either, but somehow you're able to understand that this was time for you to spend, um, you know, for lack of a better term, sharpening your, your stone so that when it happened, you were ready for it. And I, I'm just curious that how, how did you know one was a roadblock and the other one was an opportunity? I think it comes down to feeling. So intuition is a lot to do with feeling. So revival, revival marketing business, it never excited me. It felt dull. I didn't want to sit in front of a computer the whole day. I like to talk to people. I love to listen to people, I like to hold space for people. That didn't, that all these parts of myself weren't in that position. So it was really, I, but I still felt like, you know, when you come, it's like a head over heart decision. I'm going to, I'm going to use, you know, my diplomas and, and go in a direction that feels safer um but it doesn't always mean it's right and so if i recognize the roadblocks that were happening and the way that i was feeling as as a sign that this isn't the right way but i would hit roadblocks the other way but i still felt it's so you know when you get like knocked down but you're just so determined to to be like no this is right i feel it you know this is this is what i'm supposed to do um, and you just keep going. So it's really important to do that, I think, when you're trying to build your career and and then the li life of you know an entrepreneur, it's not easy because and 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 any job. But in the in the one where you're trying to build something that's like your own like unique business, it's it's going to come with a lot of challenges, a lot of like the roller coaster of it is wild. But I find that. The challenges come and then you you have to be your own motivator in a lot of ways you can't always expect other people to do it i remember um loss i had family and friends tell me not to open the yoga and art studio and i feel like that was their fear and not mine and i had a really hard time not listening to it because i was also in fear <laughs> but i really wanted the support and i got that from other people and i and i chose to listen to them instead and i'm glad i did because you know i think everybody should listen to how they feel about something rather than what somebody else is telling them um and proving them wrong you know and and now they believe when they see it and sometimes you know family needs to <laughs> and friends need to see it before they can believe it <laughs> well it's it you, you talked about earlier about you know your your gift of intuition you know from when you were a little girl and maybe not fully understanding what it was when you were younger and then throughout your life you've honed it 
and and you have these opportunities where you just kind of believe in this feeling because over the course of your life it's proven itself out was was that was there a fear or trepidation around that the first couple times you you embraced that feeling and and how did you at what point i guess did you know that um this feeling isn't just it's not my gut it's not it's actually something it's intuition that's telling me and, and you were able to to embrace it and go with it that's a really really good question you know um back when i was a little girl i i always wanted to help people that was my biggest thing i've said it my whole life and i remember i was always i'm like i'm sensitive and i remember being told oh shelly you're so sensitive and and the way it said is it's almost like it's a bad thing right and i recognize that over the years that my sensitivity is a gift it's not a bad thing and that's what we all need to realize is that that if some you know if someone says you're sensitive um, take that as a compliment and i find that it was really hard for me i always knew like i had like a deeper understanding of of things or awareness with people uh, i didn't know the depths of the, my intuition until i took my reiki training and that's when my Reiki uh, teacher, she was amazing. And she told me, you know, when I was working with someone's energy, she's like, you need to trust that. What are you going to say? What were you just supposed to say that you felt there? And I was so resistant to trusting my intuition. So it's one thing to know you're intuitive. It's another thing to trust it. And so the trusting can be really believing in yourself and stepping into it. So when I was working with her in, in these courses, she really encouraged me to, to say and write down what I was feeling. Well, it was so deep with that it, it was just, I was like, oh, okay, so what I felt there is what you were you, I made the connection is, is it was so deep and, and the clarity and everything that got brought to it. There was this one lady in one of my Reiki courses who was lying there and I was doing Reiki work on her and she was like, I'm going to test this out. She goes, what, I'm, what, um, what color am I thinking? And then I was like, orange. She's like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, what shape am I thinking? And I said, square. And she's like, yeah. And then she's like, okay, what word am I thinking? And I said, fear. And she was like, yep. <laughs> so it was like, I needed that, that confirmation to realize how deep my connection really was. And, and it's gotten a lot more deeper since then over the years where, you know, people come in for Reiki and everybody's so unique. It's, I can see how they're feeling, their emotions what they're currently facing usually it's a lot of times it's an event that just happened or an event that happened in the past that then then put them on this path and i see that event for what it is i see the ways that they sabotage i see their thought patterns actual thoughts um, and beliefs um everything like what they need to let go of and then i also see you know how they how to bring clarity and balance into their life so i see the challenges but then I also see what they can do to bring them out of it. So 
So it's not just energy work where I'm shifting their energy and, and bringing more calm into their life. It has more to do with the intuitive side. And then we, at the end of our Reiki session, we have a discussion about everything. So I'm literally writing everything down when they're lying there and then we talk about it. And that's what creates the profound change. It's they come in and they don't say a single word about what's going on with them. And then I, I see it in their energy, work it with their energy, talk about it. And, it, and so that transformation can be quite profound with people. Um, it's, it's, it's like my, like, this is what I'm meant to do. You know, I, I am a yoga teacher. I, I do sound therapy. I love these healing modalities. I love working with people and talking to people. But when I talk about my gift and really stepping into, you know, myself, that's the kind of work that I believe that is unique to me, you know. So you, you mentioned a couple of times about the inner strength and and the the ability to believe in yourself, maybe even when the people around you were, were raising doubt about the next move. Um, is it kind of a compounding thing where you can see that kind of success with, with you know, a, a, a power or, or something that you have inside of you? And then it's like, okay, if, if I can do that, then believing in myself for a month to start this business shouldn't be that hard. And then it becomes easier or does every day when you wake up those little self doubts creep around and you have to, you know, shoo them away and keep them at bay. You know, I think, I think self doubt can always be there. It, it isn't something that needs to be, you know, it's almost about sitting there and being like, well, why is it here? And so it's a lot of self-reflection. I find I reflect a lot on, on, on why I feel, what I feel or how I feel the way I do. I believe when you say the word success, um, the more that I'm helping people and, and through this whole process, it's been more about this, like the success that I've felt internally and, 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 and that internal strength and compassion and understanding and building all these things and more peace in my body and mind all of it has made me become more connected. And so there's just so much success on that side of things. When, when it, when I can deepen my intuition and help others in that way, I find that's where I feel the most gratitude and success is the internal versus any kind of materialistic external stuff. If that makes sense. Well, I think so much of what you do, um, it, it it's like the opposite of materialistic, right? Mm -hmm. it's, there, there's so much of it, like there's a price on it because we live in a society that requires it, but, but so much of it is not that, right? It's all about spiritual well-being, getting people aligned, you know, to what's going on in their life, helping them understand to live a better life. And, you know, not that, that charging someone for that cheapens it or anything like that, because that's not the case. It's just, if you were doing this for the money, well, first of all, you, some of these gifts you have aren't, you, you can't just decide you're going to do it for the money. It has to be something that is a part of you. And then you have to want to share it and you have to take a number of steps to be able to get yourself into a position to do that. Like it kind of feels like a little bit like when you took that first step, then maybe there was a roadblock for you right in front of you, but the next three doors behind it opened and you had to, you know, keep, 
getting to the point where these these doors just because there was a door closed in your way doesn't mean all the doors were closed and you understood that yeah i think when that happens it's best to just sit there and think why it's there why isn't this working am i putting it out there wrong do i need to do this differently um it's about like more like shifting your ways of of doing it rather than than walking away completely i've learned that a lot over the years within this business is that you need to um recognize that roadblocks aren't necessarily um stopping you they're they're teaching you the obstacle is the way right the obstacle is the way yeah and and it builds that inner strength it builds a lot of character it builds it's building you as a person, right? You're stepping more into your authenticity. And it doesn't mean it has to feel good. Like none of that roadblocks, none of, like I'm not going to say sit here and say that a near-death experience or <laughs> breaking my ribs was something that felt good. Oh, yay, a challenge, you know. <laughs> but would I be doing what I'm doing right now without any of it? Oh, you know? yeah. And... It, and you can't go back and and like look at those pivotal points and say, well, what if this had broke that way or this had broke that way, right? Like you just have to accept that this is where you are. This is where I am. And and to be honest, I'm the happiest I've, I've ever been. And I feel the most connected to myself I've ever been. And I still have challenges. But I think that we have to recognize that, you know, those challenges will always be there, whether they're emotional or physical or, or what they might be. But how can I become, how can I bring more peace into my body? How can I, you know, you know, really connect to, to your self-worth, your self-love, what you need in those moments to get you through it? Um, sometimes that is support from someone else. Sometimes it's you taking a time out and, and putting more support towards yourself. You know, I recognize that as well, that I, I tend to be a hard worker and, I don't, I didn't over the years always, always, like I, I give a lot or I have, and now I'm, I'm, I'm more in that energy of receiving, I guess, if you want to say of, of, um, and that's, what's making more, more peace in my life. So it was almost like create all this now take, take it back on yourself, you know, recognize that, um, that you need more like peace and serenity and, and I think it all came with the challenges and recognizing my work through it all, you know. There's a couple of a couple of things I want to touch on before we wrap up. And I think we could probably go. This has gone really fast for me. I, I looked down and we were like 40 minutes in. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. um, the the clarity of your near death experience was was startling. Um, and I've talked to a couple people. I, I actually my father had a near death experience and he he describes it is that something that with that amount of clarity and understanding or, or recollection ability to recollect is that something that you you know is was part of your intuition and your natural gift or is that just something that happens in that moment that you start to take notice of all those little things that you spoke about like in the near-death experience about yeah yeah like you spoke about in in such detail about what was happening, the breath, the convulsions, the seeing the light, the, the things that you, I think somebody like me, as I'm listening to it, I'm just like in sheer panic, even listening to it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and yet you, you spoke about it. 
eloquently for lack of a better term is that is that something that comes as part of with your gift or is that just what happens when you experience something like that no i think that when there is a traumatic event that happens in your life you can talk about it quite easily if you've healed from it or you've moved through some process of accepting what has happened so that that connection came really strong through my EMDR session in counseling she had me um, go back so every time it got to that fear part of of okay it's flipping over hitting the water and as soon as I felt that energy in my body she would have me go back in my mind from the beginning of the accident to the end of the accident and always ending that thought pattern with um with feeling good so I actually had to retrain myself in, in my own life of, of the trauma in my body. So there was more that came with the EMDR and counseling where it was every single thought, every single time I had to go back and then go to the, go from the beginning to the end. And so I was retraining it in my mind so that it always ended on a peaceful thought. And that helped immensely. I also did a lot of stuff like we had a, side by side in the, our backyard and I would go sit in it and see how I felt. And then I would put the seatbelt on and see how I felt. And this happened over a couple months. And then getting back into the water, and I love the water. So I would just walk into the water and I'd be like, okay, how do I feel? And then I'd walk a little deeper. Okay, how do I feel? Okay, now put your head under the water. How, how do you feel? And I don't have any fear about any of it anymore because I just took it upon myself to, to to um, like recognize that I wanted to not have fear in my body. And the fear wasn't ever going to help me connect to myself and my intuition. You know, if I would have let that stay there, that trauma, it would have taken me out of me and what I do now. It would take my gifts away, you know? So it was really, if anything, stepping into it did bring me closer to my intuition. It did. You know, the more connected we are all intuitive. So the more connected we become, the more that you you can sit with things a little bit and and really bring your awareness to to yourself and your thoughts and exactly how you feel about things. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it's I mean, I, I, I don't think without understanding how it felt we can truly understand how you would work through something like that. It's like losing, mm -hmm. losing somebody close to you. You know, you can, you can explain it a hundred ways, but until somebody feels that loss and, and, and goes through that grief, there's really no way to understand it. But I was curious because if you were, you know, that in tune with things prior, then it makes sense that you're recalling it with that clarity. But it, it sounds like um, you've been able to put a lot of work into that, and that's allowed you to maybe, um, you know, not gloss over things in it because you're at peace with it. It happened to you. It doesn't define you. It's just an event in your life and, and you're just sharing that recollection. Yeah, exactly. And again, like another challenge that's happened. But again, I do believe that a lot of the things that happened and a lot of the challenges are what made me who I am. You know, I feel a lot stronger as a person, you know, I feel a lot more connected to who I am. 
I move in a different way now where I feel life is life can feel be short. We don't know when our exit point truly is. So why not go after your dreams? Why not show exactly who you are? You know, I think that a near-death experience can feel like um, a horrible thing for somebody. But to me at this point, I felt like it was some kind of, you know, I can't, I can't say gift, I guess, but it was something that really I needed. I'm not sure if I'd be doing what I'm doing now if I didn't have some something that redirected me. And it felt like that was a redirection. That the universe was like, nope, you're going this way. <laughs> so so with that and and into this new direction, what what does success look like to you now? And and even I got you don't have to go back a hundred years or you don't have to go back five years. You can go back even to the second wave of COVID. What was success at that point to you? And how different is your vision of success today than at any other point on this journey? I'd like to go back to that person who was lost before I had that divorce. I didn't know who I was. I wasn't confident. I didn't have a lot of self-worth or value. I certainly wasn't living authentically. And I decided to sign up for a yoga teacher training and take my Reiki training. And I started to work on myself and believe in myself and, and connect to my gifts. And, and I, and I found me through the whole process to me, regardless of where I'm at with the business side and, you know, what's true success for me is that I have found me. I, I'm authentic. I am, I love who I am. I am helping people every day and I'm helping them in those same ways to reach, you know, what they want to do in life to be who they are. I'm always encouraging and supporting other people, but I've learned to do that to myself. And so the process of success, um, yeah, it would definitely be what I learned through everything was exactly what I needed. And to find that acceptance and and growth as an individual and to be living what I feel like is my dream and creating my dream life, you know, um, is wonderful. But that internal growth, that's success. Great podcast with Shelly Hoffice. Um, Kevin McNee, friend of the show, Kevin McNee mentioned uh, that he thought he had somebody who might be interested in coming on. And he put me in touch with Shelly. And, um, you know, I, I, she's, she doesn't have a huge profile. So I, I just got a little bit of back and forth with her about her story. And, uh, she blew me away when she sat down with us to talk about it. She's, she admitted that she's hasn't done a lot of these and, and talking about herself isn't something that is, um, super comfortable for her yet, but man, with a story like that, she better get used to being comfortable talking about it. Cause people are going to want to hear it. People want to know what are the things that they can do when they find themselves in a similar situation, whether their marriage is failing, their business is failing, they have a traumatic near-death experience, any of those things, uh, people want to understand how she put one foot in front of the other and walked through all of that. And I mean, the the proof's in the pudding. If you sat through sat, this podcast with Shelly, um, she's, she's got those tools. She's She's got it built up. She knows how to do it. She can call on those skills at this point to help people work through those kinds of things. So it was a great podcast, a lot of fun. Episode 99 in the books. Next week, we have episode 100. 
cats out of the bag. We have uh, Brad Roberts from the Crash Test Dummies on. If you are unaware, the Crash Test Dummies are back recording music, releasing music, touring uh, after a little bit of a hiatus. Um, as a group, they, they always did their own their own solo things, but we have Brad Roberts from the Crash Test Dummies for episode 100, and we couldn't be happier. We want to give a special shout-out uh, to Carrie Zalik from Bad Parade. Um, she she was the one who hooked all this up for us. That's, uh, that's the Crash Test Dummies publicist, and uh, just so much fun to sit down with a, a Canadian rock and roll legend like Brad and talk about what goes into a career of creation like the crash test dummies have had. So uh, we're, we're at episode 100. We are really excited to be there, but, but we've got lots in the tank yet. So keep sticking around, keep checking in with us. And like we always say, there are no wrong answers. There's no test at the end. Make the most out of every day. The second act podcast would like to thank Ben sound for the intro and outro music. Happy rock. We would also like to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like subscribe and give us any feedback you can. Thanks for listening.